More in church. You can tell it's so cold though. My fingers are, fingertips are still even cold. They're coming up here. And I've been in here all day. <laughs> um, all morning. But uh, um, a couple weeks ago, first of all, I want to go ahead and let's go to the Lord in prayer. I want to start out in prayer for them. Father, we give praise for your mighty name, Lord. We give praise for the opportunity to get here and or to be here and lift up your name, Lord. We give praise for our worship team and uh, and and our, the ability to lift our hearts up to you, Lord. That uh, uh, that that we get a chance to glorify your name and and, and relative peace right now, Lord. Uh, we give praise for your mercy, Lord. And I ask you, you bless the the word that comes out. That no matter what, that uh, the hearts are touched, Lord, and 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 minds receive your message in Jesus' mighty name. Well, a couple weeks ago, Pastor Bob, um, he preached on, on God's mercy. And uh, I'd sent him my sermon for tonight, and then, coincidentally enough, it was on mercy. And he said, uh, so, <laughs> so <laughs> obviously, um, you know, God really wants us to understand his great mercy. And, uh, and, I, and, he, and he, did a, he did a very nice job, and I said, well, actually, yours is quite a bit different than mine. The, uh, um, uh, my emphasis more on, on, on this message or what the Lord put on my heart is that we have, we have a great and merciful God, but us being followers of Jesus Christ, we have to live out those attributes of God, and it's, it's, it's about living out God's mercy. And uh, to start out with, to uh, kind of emphasize this, I'm going to show you an, or, or give you an example of really bad Example of God's mercy, or, or of, of, of someone not acting out God's mercy. Um, when I was younger, I had family members coming into Milwaukee Airport. Uh, I'm probably going to wander here a little bit. I'm still getting used to a little bit on how, how I present. But uh, uh, I, w- I had some relatives coming into Milwaukee Airport, and I brought my son down with me to go pick them up. And... Uh, they weren't there. You know, I'm always trying to plan perfectly to get there, to pick them up, to get all the baggage claim, they just get in the car and you go. You know, that's the plan, that's, in, that's what's in the head. But they were late. They weren't coming out. I drove around a couple times, so then I, I went up to the door again, and, I, and my son, Brandon, who was probably maybe 10 at the time, I said, go just check in right inside and see if they're at the, the baggage claim. Well, when they, while he was in there, the, the, the parking attendant, or the person... Uh, controlling that, said, come over, you need to move your car. I said, I can't move my car. My son just went in. I can't leave my son in this busy airport in Milwaukee trying to pick up. So, uh, but she was insistent because, you know, this is, this is right when there's really a hype on you can't leave a parked car someplace because there's real concerns about what might happen with that. So I'm arguing, I'm getting mad. I'm getting angrier because this is my son. This is the only person I had in the world at the time. You know, I was divorced then. You know, and, and likely the most important, per, you know, at that time was the most important person in the world to me. And I was getting angrier and angrier that this woman was telling me that I needed to leave the most important person in my life to go where. So I, I argued long enough that my son came back but I was irate at this time, you know, because in my mind, she'd attacked my son and, and put him in danger. That's the way I I'd had it in my head. So I probably, loud enough, probably said one of the, one of the 
kind of the worst things that you can, you can say uh, about another human being. I said to my son, making sure she could hear, that's the kind of person I don't want you to grow up to be. That's horrible. And if you'd have asked me at that point, at my time, and said, hey, are you a Christian? I said, yeah. I believe in Jesus Christ. But I in no way, in no fashion, knew the heart of the Lord at that point time. You know, I had no mercy in my heart for that because of, the, because of what I thought was someone attacking me and my family. And that's the way the world thinks. You know, you attack me, I attack you. You know, I later repented that and I realized that that was a horrible thing to say to another human being, you know. You know, even before learning. And then I've, I've, I've repented. That's one of the things, one of the things that I, I know the Lord says forgiven me of. And I, I pray that somebody came into her, into her life and said, listen, people get hot-headed. You know, it's not against you. It was a situation. I hope somebody was there for her to, to, to do that, you know. And this woman was just doing her job. Just plain and simply doing her job. But of a perceived attack. And I, and I felt justified in that. Now all you're going to say, yeah, that's, that's cruel, that's mean. But I know every single one of you in your heart know that you've, that you've said something to somebody else that you felt that was mean, that was hurtful, that you felt justified at the time because they hurt, they attacked, and you defend and attack. You can sometimes, even with this, is that you know you're wrong. You're going, to, you're going over to say, I'm wrong, but then they jump all over for you. You defend yourself then. <laughs> you know you're wrong, and you defend yourself because they attacked. You know, because you don't, you don't have mercy for the other side. You know, it, 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 and we're, gonna, uh, we're going to uh, go through our, our signature verses here are going to be Luke 17, 12 through 19 that I'm going to preach through here for them. Um, but what I, as I'm going through this, I want everyone to think about Christ quotes this twice it's in Hosea 6, 6. For I desire mercy and not sacrifice and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. Let's think of this as we go through this, through this lesson on, on God's mercy and walking out God's mercy. And the only way I know how at this, at this point when I'm going through this is to give personal examples. and pro, It's going to be a little piece of my testimony as we go through this also. Luke 17, 12 through 13. Then as he entered a certain village, there he met ten men who were lepers who stood afar off and lifted up their, their voice and said, Jesus, have mercy on us. I know that any, anybody that's come to Christ at some point, in some way, our twisting of this wording, has said exactly that. Because we've realized, we've realized that the, our path and our wisdom and the way that we were taking us was taking us on a path of destruction. And we wanted life. So we've cried this out in so, so many different words as these ten lepers did out there. The ten in this is, is, is interesting because they're in, in Jewish culture, in order to pray publicly, uh, they had to have ten people, which is called a minion. And there's something unusual about this ten people, too, that we'll get back into here later. Um, and, uh, and, these, and, the, and these people, these ten were lepers. And lepers... Uh, I mean, mo most people have probably been teaching are familiar with lepers, uh, the, the decaying of the skin, and, uh, uh, and it, it's used 
and biblically as kind of a lepers, are, are kind of a representation of our, of of how we are spiritually. You know, on the, on the outside we may be fine, but on the inside, we're bad. You know, and uh, it, it doesn't automatically call there, but that's what we all all call out to when we're doing. If we're not ha- we don't have some sort of physical malady, you're still crying out to Lord with with this malady. And my physical or my spiritual leprosy was a gambling addiction. So I thought it was way bigger than that, but that's what I thought my problem was. If you come down to it and you're looking for mercy from God, it's usually for one particular thing. But once once you get that, you kind of realize that that, that that there's more involved. Luke seventeen fourteen. So when he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was, as they went, they were cleansed. So as they were walking and leaving, uh, leaving to go to the priest, they had faith enough that they were healed. All ten were healed. They were going to show themselves to the priest. So... When I when I cried out when I when I finally came to con- confront my uh, my gambling as they uh, as these, uh, how they were healed I'm going to explain a little bit what happened when when I was doing this I also when I was divorced I've already mentioned that I was my my wife had moved to Minnesota my ex-wife she'd moved to Minnesota uh, and um, I had to meet her halfway with my son. So we on the other side of Wausau, so, you know, uh, a bit. So we're meeting over there. So I met her half. I was driving with my son to to meet my ex-wife halfway, and all was going through my head. What casino could I go to on my way back? My sin consumed me. I had, you know, and then when I got there to drop him off, I I the. The Holy Spirit started convicting me. You know, I'd, I'd been in some classes knowing who I was in Jesus Christ. You know, here I'd started some of those things and started to learn identity, who I was. And I, I'm like, this is ridiculous. I, have this, I had this beautiful ride, this time with my son, and all I could think about was where I was going to go to gamble. So on my way home, I'm praying, you know, and... And the Lord, He took it. He took that. He took that that addiction straight from me. I felt the Holy Spirit come over me, and He took it. His mercy covered me. His mercy took this thing that was my my greatest problem. But again, I thought that was my greatest problem. He just gave me what I asked for because He knew it was the thing that was heaviest on my on my mind. And that it just it struck me when you know when I was reading this that that you know they were in motion and I was in motion when I when I was praying these things when I was uh, when I when I got healed and delivered from this. Luke seventeen fifteen through sixteen. And one of them, when he saw that is healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. And fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. 
This is, this is highly unusual, even, even among lepers, that, that there was even a Samaritan in this group. Because the Jews were, they didn't associate with Samaritans. Even in leprosy, they, the lepers would stay apart. But they must have needed him desperately for that tenth man to be able to pray publicly and where they cried out to Jesus. You know, but as they were going healed, he was the only one that returned and glorified God. He was the only one that, that decided to go back and say, I'm going to give thanks to where the healing came from. So, and um, how, this, uh, how this relates to um, just going, finishing along with my testimony. Uh, the, this praise aspect of being healed and being delivered from God. I, I knew that I was delivered while I was driving. I knew that. I could feel the presence of God come over me. I knew that I was healed. I started praising, lifting singing, worshiping, praying. And before I knew it, I was at the Pulaski exit to go home past every casino that I could possibly go to to break that thing. You know, he took me home while I was in the presence of the Lord, praising, got me home. Where I could even, before I could even think of it. You know, to, to go back and that aspect of walking through and knowing and understanding when you've been delivered. Now, now, um, when, when he went back, our, our Luke 17, 17, 17 through 18, uh, bear with me. Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? This is an interesting question that he asked because he told them what to do. He said, Go to the priests. Bring yourself to the priest. They were doing exactly what Jesus told them to do. So why would he question? Weren't there ten? You see, the, 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 the same, this is the same message that Jesus was teaching all the time to, to the Jewish people when he was there, when he was coming for them and teaching them hard. So you're so caught up in your religion that you've lost track of the heart of, 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 of the message behind the law. The heart, the fellowship with God that he desired so richly with his people. So even though the Samaritan wasn't held to go to the, the temple, he wouldn't have been welcome there anyway. But he did know who to go back and give, give praise to and worship to to heal them. The Jews did not. They... Uh, for them to be restored to what they considered life, they had to go to the priest, to a man, to be said that you're clean, so that he can go, they could go back to living the life that they lived before. So they could be accepted back into their community and their religion. It was more important to them to get back into their life, the thing that they were used to, and, and functioning inside their religion, than to show the relationship with the Lord. To go back and give glory to who actually healed them. Now we can be critical of that, but we do that too. There's many people, many people that in in our walk and after being healed, after after knowing the Lord or knowing of the Lord, 
still get caught up in the religion or the habit of going to, to, going to God instead of the relationship. Now, I, I gave that verse to think about, about earlier, and it's... Uh, um, I gave my message last week. I was I, I, I got an opportunity to, to preach at my hometown last uh, last week up in Long Lake, Wisconsin, a little town north of here, and it was on uh, uh, Proverbs nine. And uh, it was a, it's fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But the beginning of the wisdom, the demons fear and tremble. You know, but it's but it's uh, but understanding is knowledge of the Holy One. Understanding so when you when you seek the Lord, seek for understanding, you have a beginning at the fear of the Lord. you have a beginning when you're delivered from from uh, what you've been delivered from, but then that's just that's just a start from that moment when I realized that I was delivered from that time on. I saw no other path than the getting to know my Lord and Savior more. I saw no other path than the, the finding ways to get closer to God and how that may be. Now, that's not easy. That's not, you know, it's easy to say that, but everybody gets caught up in their, in their lives and what they're doing and, and don't take the time. You know, there's everybody, every Christian will tell you there's some aspect of their, of their, of their walk that, that they lack in. They don't pray enough. You know they don't. Uh, they're not active enough. They don't. Uh, they don't tell enough people about Jesus Christ and 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 what they did for him. And and I'm telling you that if if all of us simply made that 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 effort to to show that to explain to other people what God's mercy was in your life, how it helped you. That's an act of living out that mercy. I know now. With 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 the the beginning and that opening statement on. Uh, uh, on my lack of mercy, you know, I know now that I was at fault. And I think a lot of these things, when we have these moments when we do that, we find out that ultimately we're at fault. All I had to do was go in short-term parking and walk there with my son, you know. And none of that <laughs> would have been an issue. None of it would have been, you know. A- instead, I maybe harmed a person's psyche, they're, uh, they're thinking about their, their job, they're, all, these, all these negative aspects of not controlling my tongue and not showing mercy. Luke 7, 19, arise, go your way, your faith, your faith has made you well. Jesus healed ten men during that time. You know, ten of them were healed. Only one of them were changed. Only one of them were, were changed for knowing Jesus Christ and their Lord and Savior. The rest of them were just restored to the life that wasn't glorifying God to begin with. You know, the, and who knows? Later on in Acts, when Philip is over in Samaria, and there's all these people coming to the Lord, and then they had to send the apostles to give the giving of the Holy Spirit. Who knows? If it wasn't on the say-so or the testimony of this one Samaritan leper that went home. 
that helped out in that thing, that went back and said, I can testify to God's mercy in my life. There might have been someone preaching the gospel to him, but there was somebody there that said, he healed me. Give glory to God. Testimony of the mercy that was given to him. The, the Jews, the, the nine there, were seeking the healing. The Samaritan was seeking the healer. And there's a song like that, no. But, you know, but, but uh, that, in essence, is the truth of the matter. Are you, are you seeking what God can do for you? His mercy for you? Or are you seeking God himself? Are you seeking Jesus Christ to have a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior? Are you willing to take on the, on the power and responsibility the Holy Spirit is, has, has given you in your, in your heart and the task that's there to do? Are we willing to have that relationship with the Lord? Are we, real, are we willing to love people as He's loved us? Are we willing to show the mercy that He's given us? I know there's probably several people in their, in their, in their head and their hearts thought of somebody that you're still, not, you're still not giving mercy to, that's still holding space, that you're still taking the effort to build a prison and hold punishment for them. But I, there's a, it takes so much energy in your lives and your walk to hold someone prison in your head, to not show mercy, to not show, you might even be in the right it might be their fault. But it's our fault against God. The sins that we've created, that we've done against God is, is completely and utterly our fault. Yet he had mercy on us to send his son. He sent his son in a world that hated him. Into a world that hated him because he loved all of us. He did not spare his son so he could spare us. He showed incredible mercy. And having the heart of the Lord and being someone who's supposed to be like and walk like Jesus Christ, we have to have that mercy in our hearts. I'm going to give um, two more contrasting examples, and the last one will incredibly demonstrate God's mercy in his heart. It's, it's kind of funny, when I, when I first came to um, New Life, I saw Pastor Bob, he had a, he had a headset kind of like this, and was, these were kind of new, and I'd only seen them like before on like, uh, you know, your old like me, MTV, back in the day. But, uh, <laughs> so the first person I saw on this was, uh, that wore one of these uh, was, a, was kind of a, a, a pop star boy band, uh, Bobby Brown, and he had a... <laughs> Yeah, and he had a song called "My Prerogative." I had some lyrics right there. I was going to sing it, but I thought I'd spare you that for the, you know, for the slim. But, <laughs> but it's it, it's my prerogative. But the the and the and the word prerogative actually has a has a meaning of um, that I have authority and I have the right to do this, and you don't have the right to question me. That 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 word, my prerogative. It's from an, an English background, and it, it was like. 
designating someone had authority over. And he sang this song because he was your typical Hollywood lifestyle, drug-addicted star. You know, so he, uh, so he sang this song kind of in, in, in response to people telling him, hey, you kind of shouldn't be that way. You know, so he says, what do you mean? I have a right to be that way. You know, and so he was, in, in effect, saying, you don't have the right to judge me, but I have the right to judge you for judging me. So that's that crazy logic the world has all the time. For them. You know, so especially with Christians will get that. You know, you can't judge me. <laughs> You're judging me. <laughs> it automatically, it's a, it's, a, it's a logic that destroys itself. Now, the reason I bring this up is because that, that image, and that's what I, honestly, I did. That's what I thought. That's what I said, well, it came back to my head. So I said, you know what, I'm going to do a little research on, on Bobby Brown. Where is he at now? He's actually been clean and sober for 15 years, you know, and he's had some tragedy in his life. If you know, he was married to Whitney Houston at the time when she died, and, uh, uh, and uh, he had a daughter that, that was wrongfully, neither one needed to die. And, and he's, he's created a foundation, he's actually created a foundation that helps out for uh, domestic violence, battered women, and things like that. So he's doing, he's doing some good work. And his, and his daughter's foundation was just awarded a $36 million settlement for wrong, wrongful death. Well, I say this just awarded, but this, uh, this article was from 2017, I believe. And it's in Rolling Stone uh, magazine, or online magazine, if you wanted to actually look that up. Um, but I just, th- that's just crazy. It's stuff that God puts in your head, and you wonder, you know, and you wonder, well, why is that there? And, and, and there, it turns out that you can use this stuff. But he was, and one of the interview questions was, do you feel like you got justice because your daughter's foundation for wrongful death from this, from this doctor, that you received $36 million uh, compensation for this, do you, uh, do you feel you got, that you got justice? And he said, no. And then he go, well, what do you mean? What do you mean you didn't get justice? He goes, I want to see that man in prison and something vile done to him. I can't, I won't even repeat that here for you. you know, this is his heart condition. So we have a guy that's managed to, to get the drugs behind him, put the foundation together, but he'll never be free because he doesn't have mercy in his heart. He wants, he wants judgment by his own standard and what it means to his flesh. That's, you know, and I can identify with that. Remember, I started this out with what I did when somebody just wanted me to move because my son was there. Imagine what I'd have been at that time if something worse would have happened to my son. I'd be reacting the same way that Bobby Brown did. I would have been at that time saying, I would have had no mercy on someone that tried to harm my child. I would, I, I would have not known how to even deal with that. Even now, knowing with what I know, it would take prayer, my brothers and sisters, everybody around me to have the proper response from this and, 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 and from God. You know, this is a difficult thing to deal with. But now, there's, a, there's another story that I got off, uh, that off of a CBN interview, Christian Broadcast Network. I, uh, uh, at least that was the source of it. 
There's a, there was a woman named Laura Johnson, and her son was killed by a 16-year-old. Uh, by an, an eyewitness identified him as Moshea uh, Israel was his name, and uh, and at at his at his, they identified him and they uh, he was 16 at the time but they through through all sorts of appeals it was 18 before he actually went to trial and they trialed him tried him as an adult. Now uh, excuse me, it's Mary Johnson. Uh, Mary told him told this person that she forgave him. But it's a typical, I know I'm supposed to do this Christian forgiveness. It wasn't a heartfelt forgiveness. It wasn't the presence of God's mercy in her life that she was given this forgiveness. So she was, uh, she was giving this statement to him that you're forgiven. So later on, her pastor gave her a task of teaching a class on forgiveness. Now, forgiveness and mercy go hand in hand. It's a, you can say you can forgive, but it's actually, you know, where, where, where mercy comes into place is God's love and our humbleness to receive that. We have to be humble in order to give mercy because we have to lower ourselves below the situation and let God become the place in, uh, place in our hearts. Now, when she gave this... Uh, when she was tasked on this forgiveness, the Holy Spirit started to convict her and say, you need to forgive him. And she cried out, you know, both these things I'm paraphrasing, so it's not word for word, so don't take uh, She cried out, I have a right to feel the way I feel. So she was rebelling against God when God was telling her, you need to forgive him. And we do. That's the thing. In the world and in the norm, we have a right to feel that way. But when you, when you, when you start to become closer and moving towards the knowledge of, of Christ and becoming more Christ-like, it's being able to give up who you are and become who He is. It's moving closer to God. It's moving, it's moving closer to how Jesus Christ was. That, that allows us to be able to have the kind of forgiveness we need. Now, she was convicted after that that you need to pray for him as you'd pray for yourself. And she did that. And as she started to do this, something funny happened. And, and, and totally separate from when she ever had any contact. Oshea, Israel, the one that was in jail, was having a heart change. He's saying, I need to take responsibility for what I did. It's amazing how that happens. Mercy starts to grow in your heart. And the person you're going to have mercy for, things start to change in them. So the reward, the reward for you going and being obedient to the Lord, because you're not going to feel these things at first. It takes work. It takes effort. You can't just stop it at your head. You have to time and time and time pray, 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 pray. And eventually, it's a great thing about, about, about even the design of our brain. We can reprogram it. If you take any of Hank's classes on uh, information, <laughs> you know, we can reprogram our, uh, what we put in our heads. 
The lies that the devil has put there, we can reprogram by putting truth in. We can put truth in and learn how to give this incredible mercy that God has for us. So she went to see him eventually. And she forgave him and they went to give a hug. And she, uh, she kind of collapsed into his arms, you know, uh, and held him up. And, and when she forgave him, and, and what Shea could tell this was really true, heartfelt. Because people know when you forgive them. You know, I teach the Bay to Satan, and, and uh, one of the things the Christians will tend to go, I just want you to know you did this, 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 <laughs> and I forgive you for it. And they walk out. That's kind of what, you know, <laughs> it's not really a forgiveness. It's an accusation in the form of forgiveness. But people know when you honestly and heartfelt forgive them. So Shea knew this, and he goes, why? Why would you do that? Because it's so uncommon that there's no way. They're thinking in their head. They don't deserve that kind of mercy, that kind of forgiveness. Because they did it. They're guilty. As every single one of us were guilty before the Lord. But yet He provided a way in Jesus Christ for us to be reconnected with Him through the blood of Christ. We were guilty. He was innocent. He paid the price. Jesus paid the price. And her answer, her answer to Him is the one answer that we can state every time when, when, when someone's looking at us and we're forgiving them and they know they don't deserve our forgiveness. They're going to go, Why? because of who's inside of me. We're not alone. A helper has been sent. The Holy Spirit is guiding, directing you. Christ lives in us. Our Father is there looking over us. This is difficult to do because our flesh screams against it. We want our pound of flesh. But the Spirit living inside you knows that you need to do it that you have to do it in order to live free. In order to be the kind of person that you want to be and guide and direct your life in a godly manner that will bring you joy, not temporary pleasure that the world offers, but true, unmitigated joy by living the difficult life that He's chosen for us to live. To not do what the world does, but to be different and uncommon givers of mercy, and uncommon givers of love. That verse I gave you to think about in Hosea, I think that Christ, saw, Christ gave twice. We can't get caught up in what we do. It's the heart condition that you, that, that you bring with you whatever you do. Do you bring the Lord with you wherever you go? You know, doing a, standing up and doing a thousand sermons isn't worth giving one, one piece of bread to a poor person. You know, it's, it, when, when, you get, when you show love and compassion and you have the heart of the Lord in you, showing mercy, Jesus showed many times, it came in different forms. His mercy came in forgiveness of sins. His mercy came in healings. His mercies came in casting out demons. His, mercies, his mercy came on the cross where his blood was shed for us. He rose again as we will rise with him.
He's seated at the right hand of the Father, and he's coming again. Will he find his servants having the heart condition that he wants us to have with mercy and, and grace? And um, one of the it's hard to think that you could have Mary Johnson's uh, heart condition that you could forgive somebody that could do that. But God gives us the ability to do even something that difficult. Not in our strength, but in his strength. Rely on his heart. I, as we go here, I want to have a prayer team up here. If there's anybody, anybody struggling with letting go, struggling with it, has that, with that mercy, that there's something in your life that's keeping you from going on, moving forward, bring it up and the prayer team will help you pray through that, to let that go, show mercy. And that's the beginning it's a beginning step only, but come up and do it. Take that first step so you can take that next step. Take that first step so that you know. It's, for me, starting is always the hardest thing. If it's in your heart that you need to start down this path, if it's in your heart that you want to walk, walk with less pain, if you want to walk with joy, if you want to walk free, if you want to begin that journey towards becoming a better you that God has always designed for you to be, that's to begin with letting go of pain, letting go of someone that's hurt you, letting go of, of even this includes yourself, the mercy, the giving yourself mercy that you think that you've done something to somebody you need forgiveness for. God has forgiven you for that also. Have mercy on yourself. Let that go so you can walk light for the Lord. I'd like to actually pray for you. I want people to bow their heads. And I'd like to pray for anyone right now. Just raise your hand if you have anything, anything at all that you would love to get rid of, that you'd love to lock lighter if you want to have this kind of ability to have mercy, Lord, have mercy that, that the Lord has given you. I see your hands. I see your hands. Father, I pray that your mercy inundate not only people with their hands up, even the people that didn't put their hands up, Lord, that that your mercy immerses in them, Lord, that they are overwhelmed with your love and compassion, Lord. I pray they feel the, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit in them, Lord, greater than they've ever felt before, that giving them strength to start down this path of freedom for them. Lord, I pray that you bless them mightily, that you give them the strength to take this journey, Lord, to take this journey towards mercy, forgiveness, 
and freedom for their own hearts and minds, Lord, that they can give everything they have to you. You need to love the Lord with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. You can't do that if it's impacted in, in, in such a way that you're, you're fo- focused on worldly things. We need to worship in spirit and truth, Lord, and I pray that you touch every heart that spirit and truth. Lord, particularly the people that raise their hands, Lord. Give them the ability, Lord, to start now on that journey to praying for whatever that task is, whatever, whatever the, whoever the person is, if it's themselves or somebody else, Lord, that you touch them mightily, guide them, direct them, let them be free and walk as mighty warriors, Lord, free to put on the full armor of God, free to praise your name, free to give their testimony of being freed from this, Lord, because it's God's mercy. We know that. We may be saved by, by, by faith. Grace covers us, but we live by mercy. That's how we show your face, Lord. It's uncommon, only under your name. Give praise for Jesus Christ. Give praise, Father, for your provision. Holy Spirit, guide and direct. In Jesus' mighty name.